Good afternoon and welcome to Auntie Nene. Um, as is traditional, we will begin the show with the CASA update portion of the program. Uh, good evening and welcome to the CASA update for the week of 8-3-2017. It's new and exciting this week, Alex. Um, well, actually, it's what was new and exciting at the end of last week. Yeah, I was at Comic-Con, sorry. <laughs> That's cool. I'm glad that you got to get away from this, um, but <laughs> you, you missed out on all the excitement. I did. Um, this is actually like the first time, I think, in the past almost four years that I've been involved with CASA that um, I had like uh, kind of like the day after Good News Blues. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty, pretty weird. Um <laughs> So on Friday, for those who uh, are just finding out about this now, um, <clears throat> uh, FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb made an announcement um, regarding tobacco and nicotine regulations. And uh, in this announcement, the, uh, the thing that, that is immediately uh, affecting us is uh, the... Uh, um, proposed new deadline for the submission of pre-market tobacco applications for newly deemed tobacco products. Uh, this date was moved to August of 2022, which is uh, um, over four years from now. So nice. um, yeah, a, a four year uh, delay in um, actually a four year extension in right. uh, manufacturers able to get their PMTAs. in, and of course, this also comes along with um, a commitment to revisit the PMTA and MRTP process right. and uh, issue. Um, I, 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 I'm trying not to put words in Commissioner Gottlieb's mouth, but okay. you know what kind of came the, the the sense that came from this announcement is that FDA will be issuing clear guidance on how to go through the PMTA and MRTP process. Nice. Um, yeah. Which was a very important ask in the enjoy citizen petition and something that, uh, you know, uh, commentators and, and stakeholders have been talking about since the deeming rule, uh, was really proposed was that, you know, this, uh, application, this approvals process, is really not clear to anyone. And it, that's one of the things that contributes to such a, a large expense in, in going through the process um, was, you know, there's an awful lot of guesswork involved here. And so you have companies that sort of just throw everything in the kitchen sink at this application and it can cost millions of dollars. Sure. Um, so, you know, hopefully uh, number one, hopefully that makes the process more clear. Uh, number two, hopefully it brings down the cost and number three, because of one and two, hopefully more people are able to actually go through the process. Um, and it's not, you know, so burdensome that no one can get approval. Um, right. So those are very, very important changes that uh, Commissioner Gottlieb has committed the agency to. Nice. Um, and I, I do want to kind of emphasize that we're still just talking about proposals. Nothing is set in stone. Um, the, you know, the FDA certainly can issue guidance uh, and that's what I suspect they'll be doing in terms of e extending the compliance period here um, for PMTAs, just for PMTAs, by right. the way, 
um, this this extension does not affect the other compliance deadlines. So mm -hmm. ingredient listing, uh, warning labels, harmful, potentially harmful constituents, all of that stuff is still, th those compliance deadlines have not changed. Okay. It's just submission of PMTAs. Um, so all of that is, is, is just in the proposal stage and there will need to be um, rules promulgated um, right. and uh, you know, the advanced notice of proposed rulemaking process will, will come into play here for um, certain things. Okay. The, other, the other part of this announcement, other parts of this announcement include <laughs> um, taking a hard look and, and issuing uh, a rule regarding product standards for e-liquid Mm -hmm. um, this uh, includes, you know, the agency looking at flavors. Right. Uh, we're just, you know, just based on these statements, we're not, you know, <clears throat> it's hard to say one way or the other, whether that's a bad or a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think that we welcome the conversation about the, uh, the role that flavors play in, in helping smokers transition to a low risk product. Um, anytime we can have that conversation, I think is great. Um, so it's, uh, and it's, you know, it's certainly good that we have, um, a, um, I, I don't want to say sympathetic ear because that, I don't think that puts Gottlieb in a good light, but, um, I, I, Dr. Gottlieb, I think, um, you know, we have an inquisitive ear, someone who is, is willing to investigate this issue. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and is not, uh, is not weighed down by, you know, decades of ideology. So that's very important. Uh, and of course the other, the other product standard that we're anticipating will be related to, to batteries and, and battery safety. Um, so those are things that, uh, that we're, we're sort of committed to in this announcement. Mm -hmm. That's the good news. Um, it, that's the good news portion of the announcement. The, the weird, potentially bad news portion of this announcement, um, has to do with, um, lowering very low nicotine content cigarettes. Um, and this is, you know, I, I, there's been a lot of discussion about this. And not just as a result of FDA's announcement. This is not a new idea. Um, in fact, actually, I believe Guy Bentley retweeted something from Reason today. Jacob Sullum wrote, um, looking back at the history of this, uh, this idea of a low nicotine, low toxin type of cigarette. And this goes back to light, low tar cigarettes, of course. Um, okay. But... There was a there was a, a, a photo that he tweeted. Uh, I'm going to bring it up here on on the on the tweet machine. Um, <laughs> it's it's an it's an ad that was included. The, the photo was included in the Reason article. Um, it's an ad for Merit cigarettes, and it appears that they actually put out a a, a denicotined cigarette. Um, can't, I am curious to see how well that did. Um, certainly in, in a, in a, in a market where you have your choice of, you know, full strength cigarette versus this 
you know, D-nicotine cigarette. Um, I think it's, it probably doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that people are just going to buy the regular cigarette. Otherwise this would still be on the market. Sure. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's very, it's, it's interesting. I didn't realize that there were, there were zero nicotine cigarettes available at any point in history. Um, I imagine it's a bit like decaf coffee. There's still a little bit zero. of caffeine in there, but you know, it's, it's not. I know, I know about the very low nicotine stuff. Um, they've been doing <clears throat> work on like uh, genetically doing work on making tobacco very low nicotine for a while now. I didn't realize they'd gone that far with it though. Yeah. Um, and, and um, so, you know, it, it, it raises, you know, you want to talk about raising new issues of public health. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, this proposal it has been around for a while. And most recently, I think it got kind of a shot in the arm with, I think, a uh, hundred million dollars dedicated to researching this from NIH. Right. Um, uh, and, you know, the one, I think there's like one study that sort of been tossed around a bit where I, I, I'm not the science guy, but, um, you know, given the very specific, uh, conditions under which these cigarettes were given to, um, participants, you know, first of all, they, I believe were, they were paid and they were given the cigarettes for free. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know what the follow-up was in a year to see if they had gone back to regular strength cigarettes or, uh, okay. had gone on to quit smoking or just didn't, you know, reduce smoke. I don't know. I don't know what the results were, but you know, of course the concern is that, uh, by lowering the nicotine levels in cigarettes, people will just smoke more, more. to compensate, yes. um, which, you know, is similar to what happened with light and low tar cigarettes is that people inhaled the smoke deeper into their lungs, lungs. Yeah. uh, and, and causing more issues in, in the deeper reaches of your lungs. Um, so a very, it is a bit of a controversial proposal. And, you know, one, one of the things immediately, you can sort of just go with the flow of the announcement. The headline that got picked up by news outlets was the FDA is proposing to regulate the nicotine level of cigarettes. The real, the real meat and bones of the announcement, however, is all of this kind of let's look at harm reduction. Um, but, you know, if you take the two components of this together, um, what's very, what I, I have a bit of a concern about here is this, this notion that harm reduction needs a very heavy assist from the regulator, from regulators, uh, and they're doing that by making cigarettes less attractive. Uh, I mean, in, in a very extreme way, cigarettes are already less attractive because of the restrictions on where you can smoke, the cost, um, and then just factor in the smell and the nagging that you get from friends and family and doctors. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all of these things combined, and generally the peer pressure and shaming that go into, you know, the messaging being shot at consumer or at smokers. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, there's already a lot of policies in place that make smoking you know, not that attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so to sort of take this very, propose a very extreme measure like lowering nicotine content, 
Um, I, I think the agency runs the risk of, of actually driving people to an underground market where um, they can get the full strength um, cigarettes and, you know, and also yeah. engage in, in, in criminal activity. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a balancing act that needs to be explored here. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I will say, you know, people are not being outright dismissive of this, which is good. Um, I, I don't think this warrants just, you know, writing it off and saying, you know, ah, that'll never work. Um, although it's likely it'll never work. Right. Uh, just, you know, it, it is a pretty serious proposal. And um, I, I think we, we do need to look at this very seriously. Also, and uh, Doug Carter brought this up uh, when working on a post about this, um, mm -hmm. is that, you know, when we're talking about lowering the nicotine content in cigarettes, um, there's really no, uh, there's nothing stopping them from also applying that reasoning to smokeless tobacco and vaping. Yeah. Uh, and we already have precedent for this in, in Europe with the TPD mm -hmm. um, sure. mandating that nicotine cannot be higher than, than 20 milligrams per milliliter. Um, and I believe Australia is looking that, at that as well. Um, we have mm -hmm. a comment um, which reminds me I need to email that um, today. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, Yeah, I need to either I need to do that really soon. Actually, yeah. <laughs> they're a day ahead. The deadline is the fourth. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, sorry, I got sidetracked there. I just realized okay. that I'm on the verge of blowing a deadline. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, lots of interesting things in this announcement and uh it, it's it's a good thing it's a new day for for vaping and i think a lot of there's there's some some celebration i think is much deserved here um but sorry i, I feel like you were gonna contribute something well I was, I was going to talk about i know there are people who smoke just for the joy of smoking right and they smoke things like corn silk or, you know, tea leaves, whatever they can get their damn hands on. And there are people who just like smoking and, and have no attachment to nicotine. It's probably not going to be a problem for those people. I mean, I, I feel bad for the people who smoked like all their lives, though. Um, it almost seems like it's just a win for the big tobacco companies because they'll be selling more cigarettes, less nicotine, more cigarettes. It just seems like a win for them. Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, I, that, that, that point has been raised, um, you know, state revenues, uh, states might look at this and say, um, and say, yeah, but that I think also ignores the potential of people just shopping on the black market. Yeah, well, you know, not, not everybody who smoked for 60 years knows, you know, that they can go down to the corner or whatever and, and see Jay and Silent Bob outside the convenience store and ask them for, you know, cigarettes that are full of nicotine. They're not going to think like that. A lot of older people aren't. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think this is kind of uh, ridiculous. That's just my opinion. Just that part of it is ridiculous. 
Yeah, I, for for all of those reasons, it is it's certainly extreme, and um, you know, in, in it, it it is sort of antithetical to the harm reduction strategy. The harm reduction strategy is about empowering people to make better decisions. Right. Um, this is just more coercion, and mm-hmm. uh, and it, it falls under that prohibitionist strategy sure to does. anything control. So. Um, certainly lots of room for, for failure there. Um, you know, there is sort of a dark side to all of this and, um, you know, we've been, uh, we've been talking about this for a while and, and I, I, I think it's worth, uh, reiterating that, um, you know, I was told back just before going to um, the e-cigarette summit in DC that any, any kind of positive treatment that we get right. in, uh, in this area, predicate date change, extending deadlines, any kind of you know, rational mm-hmm. stuff coming out of FDA or Congress that the opponents to vaping would be um, fi- you know, firing back stronger than ever. Um, and so, you know, with this announcement coming out of FDA, unfortunately we can look forward and we're already seeing it. We can look forward to states and municipalities taking the angle that, uh, well, the federal government isn't doing enough to regulate these products. Uh, and this is evidenced by most recently, just this week, um, uh, Dr. Uh, Jerome Adams, who okay. is on track to become our next Surgeon General, okay. um, had his confirmation hearing. And uh, Maggie Hasen from New Hampshire was the one that asked the question about e-cigarettes. And she framed it in a way that basically sounded like uh, the entire deeming regulation, all of FDA's regulatory authority over these products had been delayed. Um, and th- this is simply not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, uh, extending the deadline for, uh, PMTAs is, uh, one, just one component. It's a big one, but it's right. just one component of the regulation. And, you know, the minimum legal purchase age is the same. Registrations are the same, uh, ingredient listing, warning labels, all of these things are the same. And the FDA's ability to issue new rules about regulating these products is still the same. The FDA has authority to regulate these products. The FDA will regulate these products. Um, It's just taking a more adult approach now um, rather than just saying, kill it with fire and poke it with a stick. (laughs) So, you know, we're, we're already getting messages from, from lawmakers that, um, indicate that there is either there is either a, a grave misunderstanding about what just happened, or right. they are continuing to propagate um, the misinformation from from anti tobacco groups. Um, and and we know we know that campaign for tobacco free kids meets with these lawmakers frequently, um, and and feeds them these talking points. Um, yeah. And another example, and and there's. Uh, this, this is in response to a tweet from Congresswoman Nita Lowy from, from Cal, I'm sorry, from New York, right. um, New York, California. What's the difference? <laughs> um, she uh, held a roundtable 
discussion today in White Plains to discuss serious concerns about teenage e-cigarette use. And if you if you look into the 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 post about this roundtable, you find representatives from, um, let's see, school districts, um, somebody against tobacco, youth (laughs) bureau, really no uh, no members from the, the vaping industry, certainly no consumer advocacy representatives. We weren't invited to participate in this. Um, the New York state trade association was not invited to participate, you know, despite the fact that, um, you know, CASA and, and New York, uh, vaping association, New York state vapor association, uh, VTA, Safada, AVA, all of these groups have indicated that we are, um, you know, willing and, and eager to work on ways to prevent uh, non-users up, uptake of, of this product. And that includes youth. Um, you know, uh, we, we're, we're left out of the conversation yet again. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know how you approach this, this issue without reaching out to people who are dealing with it on the front lines. Um, and, 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 you know, you know, to some degree share your concerns and are up to date on the information, very important information like teen e-cigarette use has dropped over the past year. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, right. No, but I mean, that's, that's kind of typical. You had to kind of expect that though. It's, it's, it's expected. I'm not shocked by it. Uh, it's just, it's really disappointing that, you know, um, we're seeing leadership out of the federal government. You know, for years, these activists have been screaming for action to be taken. And I know, I know that, you know, it's a, it's a veiled ask for prohibition. Right. Um, but it's like, you know, you... you <laughs> For for me, it's like it's it's like somebody coming up to me in my hometown and arguing with me about directions. You know, <laughs> you asked me how to get to a place. I know how to do it. You're not from here, but you're still arguing with me about taking a right or a left turn. Right. I you know, you asked for this. You've gotten an answer. You've gotten a good answer. The answer is that the agency is going to take a harder look at this issue. We need to strike a balance and you're still just participating in the same fact-free conversations about nicotine and tobacco and drumming up fear and, you know, talking about this as if it's turning children into mindless nicotine zombies. Um, (laughs) It's just, you know. The the walking nicotine dead Basically, yeah. I mean, if, if they could put that on a poster and stick it up at bus stops, I'm sure that's what they'd like to do. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt. It, this is what they do, though. I mean, I know it's what they do. You know it's what they do. It's not surprising. But it, it is It is enough to make you more than a little bit cranky. For years and years and years, you've, you've, we've looked at the science. We've looked at what doctors say what real epidemiologists say 
We've seen uh, stop smoking services in the UK, at least one, start to embrace the use of, of electronic cigarettes in, in the stop smoking services. So it really is annoying when a country like ours with an agency um, like ours that is supposed to protect our health and well-being takes such a stance and then allows these people to unduly influence them. You know what I mean? We, we were like right on par with Australia at one point. I figured everything would be gone if they'd had their way. And it is nice to see them adult up a little bit, but I think perhaps the anti-smoking activists ought to take a really good look at um, the truth. Not where their funding comes from, not where the money comes from, but what really drives and what really helps, helps public health. It's just so simple. Sorry. No. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we have that to look forward to, uh, in the coming weeks and months and, um, you know, the, the role on, on implementing tobacco 21 has not slowed down either. We have, uh, so recently New Jersey adopted tobacco 21 surprisingly signed by, um, uh, Governor Christie. Uh, and uh, Maine, actually. So uh, Governor LePage uh, vetoed the Tobacco 21 bill, which means it goes back to the legislature, mm -hmm. um, and they have the option to override the veto, and they did last night. So uh, Tobacco 21 is coming to Maine, and we are also expecting Oregon to adopt Tobacco 21. Yeah. Um, so this year we have three states that are approving Tobacco 21, uh, I believe there's like a dozen states that where it failed. Um, right. So, uh, you know, the score is still um, liberty, many, <laughs> anti-liberty, not so much. Did, um, you, did you happen to see that story about that town in Massachusetts that has no stores, it has no schools, but it wants to uh, adopt Tobacco 21, and then rules to not allow people to open a, a smoke or vape shop within so many hundred feet of a school, which they don't have. I mean, I guess with no shops and no, did you also say no convenience stores? Mm -hmm. They have nothing in that town. I'm, I'm assuming they just have like little country stores and people hunt for their food. Um, yeah, I mean, with that, lack of you know retail i'm I'm sure they're just bored and figured <laughs> you know what the hell like i mean i there's I, no reason for it you know yeah at this point if there's no shops there i mean i'm not saying go ahead and do it i'm just saying maybe that's what's running through their head is like you know look we got this meeting coming up on thursday and we don't really have anything to talk about so why don't we do this tobacco 21 stuff you i know? couldn't believe it when i read it i said you've got to be kidding me they're going to I implement mean, back up 21 with nothing there. It's earned, it's earned media. <laughs> <laughs> it's the tourism board probably put them up to it. Something. Like, hey guys, you know, people aren't visiting us as much. 
Yeah, yeah. do this tobacco oh. twenty one thing. You'll get yourself in the in the paper. Yeah, here I'll uh, I'll stick this in our chat and I'll I'll stick it in the other chat. But yeah, there's the town heath. So yeah, I just thought that was utterly. It's got to be a waste of their time. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, apparently they've got a lot of free time. So yeah. Um, I've never seen anything like it before. I mean, I I guess it's preemptive legislation, legislation. (laughs) Well, it's still, I mean, you know, in, in some of these, uh, you know, suburbs of, I don't know if they're really suburbs of Minneapolis, but there's some small, you know, little small municipalities uh, in Minnesota that have been adopting tobacco 21 and there's no, Mm -hmm. there's no vape shop there. Yeah. Um, Probably one convenience store or two, you know, it's not like, they're dealing with, you know, several licensed tobacco retailers. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's an easy win for these folks. They can, that, that's, that's one more municipality they can add to the 250 that have already adopted it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, but, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, tobacco 21 is, is, is just going to continue. Uh, and of course, you know, with this conversation at the federal level about flavors, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the new dance craze is, is banning menthol. Um, it's not really new. It's just getting new life injected into it. Um, right. And so, you know, we're going to find ourselves caught up in that. And of course, you know, no matter what you think about menthol cigarettes, um, keep in mind that heat not burn products are right around the corner. Um, yep. Smokeless tobacco products contain mint or menthol. Uh, or or other flavors, um, which I should just restate again that one of my favorite snoozes is raspberry flavored. Um, And I am, I am verifiably a 41 year old adult male. Um, (laughs) So, uh, so yeah. And uh, you know, so basically what's that doing, what's that, what that's doing in the future is taking away a reduced risk product away from menthol smokers. Um, Yeah. I, I'm I'm very picky about my menthol, but um, you know, still, it, I, I don't speak for everyone. Uh, right. and, no, you know. I, I only if I'm gonna vape menthol, the only way I can stand to vape menthol is in five five five. That's a very old flavoring. Yeah, no, I I think I had some at some point. It used to be very very good, kind of nutty. Yeah. Um, I haven't had it in a while, but that's the only way I can stand menthol. But the idea that even that option could be taken away is maddening. Sorry, I'm Googling what time is it in Australia. (laughs) Oh, good. It's still 4 a.m. on Friday, (laughs) August 4th there. So I haven't missed the deadline. So you've got a little time. Good. I almost felt horrible. Yeah, you, you, (laughs) you guys worked really hard on that, too. Yeah, it's a good comment. We'll be posting that up. Um, for those who don't know, Australia is debating um, uh, allowing nicotine in in uh, products other than cigarettes. Uh, it's legal to buy cigarettes in in Australia, right. but not legal to buy e-cigarettes containing nicotine. Um, and, and of course, even even no nicotine e-liquid I believe is also prohibited because they have that weird, I don't know if it's just Western Australia or all of Australia. They have that weird, like no, no candy cigarette law that was applied. Um, so, 
um, yeah, lots of good conversation going on there. Um, and, and hopefully Australia, uh, approves this, this Senate bill. Be good. It would be a positive step forward. If they really want to meet their 2025 goals and that's Australia's big thing, Australia and New Zealand, um, to be to five to 10% people smoking by 2025, then they're going to have to look at different solutions. Cajoling people hasn't worked. Taxing people hasn't worked. So they're running out of options now. So where, where are they at now? What are, the smoking population in in Australia, twenty percent. Are you serious? Yeah, it it hasn't gone down; it's gone up. So the Australia, which has, I assume, they have very high taxes on cigarettes. Oh my God! Yeah, tax correct? like twenty five bucks. Yeah. So Australia has very high taxes on cigarettes. They, within the past year or two, adopted plain packaging. Yep. You, I'm assuming, you can't smoke or vape anywhere indoors in australia uh, and not even outdoors if there's alfresco dining now it was it perth one of the towns in australia just passed a law that if you're smoking within four feet of anything that's food the place gets a 777 dollar fine you get a 700 dollar fine and you could possibly get jail time for smoking outdoors. Wow. So they're they're beating people to death with the stick and they're not getting anywhere. It is really time for them to consider something else. Okay. I'm going to amend that number. Okay. Um the according to some report uh, I'm just just I just googled it. Um okay. but I'm looking at an article that says uh researchers from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare compiled a report into smoking patterns, patterns finding less than 13% of Australians are daily smokers. So that's daily smokers. That's not, you know, that's truthful, but that's still, their number should be lower than that. Considering what they charge for cigarettes, the fines, the fact that people can get jail time, the fact that they have no smoking in cars, no smoking outdoors. You know, no smoking near eateries, no smoking anywhere. Those numbers should be lower, especially with their high taxation rate, but it's not. They're not going to meet their goal. Yeah, I, I, I would add to that. Um, you know, so I think San Francisco is right around 13, 14%, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. I know Utah has the lowest smoking rate in the country, around 14%. Um, but um, Quebec, Canada, um, has the most restrictive tobacco control policies in the entire country. Right. And uh, they have the highest smoking rate. Um, <laughs> so uh, just throwing yeah. that out there, which is actually pretty low, but it's still higher than the rest of the you know, yeah. other provinces. It's so. The harder you come down on people, the less options you give them, the more they're going to go buy stuff on the black market. Yeah. And then, you know, you get people like me who, you know, when you tell me not to do something, my first reaction is I I sort of recoil in a bit of disgust and uh, I will often just go do it anyway, because, you know, exactly. That's backfiring on them. So hopefully that uh, they make a good decision, you know, a decision that's good for people who 
want to have the harm to tobacco reduced, but vaping isn't working for them without nicotine, you know? Yeah. So, um, I guess we've ended on a bit of a down note, but I don't um, think it's a down note. Australia is talking about amending stuff. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Thank you for bringing that around. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, hopefully people have a, a bit of a renewed, uh, sense of, uh, you know, there is progress being made and we can do this. And yeah. I think it's important to point out that, that, all of our efforts have contributed to this. Um, I was, I, I, I thought I heard it when he was speaking and maybe I just imagined it, but, okay. um, you know, I, I, I did feel that there was some reference to, you know, the FDA acknowledging all of the consumer input, um, commenting on the various uh, rules and, you know, certainly participating in the enjoy petition, um, you know, and of course sharing our personal stories with lawmakers has yeah. had an impact. And, and that was something that was, um, you know, shared during, during VTA's conference was that, you know, our personal stories really do matter and it, and it does, uh, it does affect people. I think hearing from constituents who have experienced success by transitioning to a smoke-free product, um, you know, really does, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, really does hit home with, with lawmakers. And so, um, you know, now more than ever, we need to continue that and, yeah. and, and, and get more stories in front of lawmakers. And so, yeah. um, you know, I, I, a- I, I, I'm, you know, CASA is not, we're, we don't typically toot our own horn about successes. And I don't think that we can in this, in this instance either. Um, but, you know, all credit goes to, you know, our membership and people who have participated in, in these activities and, and shared their stories. You may not see it. You may, you know, getting boilerplate responses to your messages to lawmakers, it's it very easy to say ah, they're not listening, but no. It's not so much, you know, the, 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 the lawmaker <laughs> that you're contacting, you have to go through their staff first. Right. And these staff members, these are, these are like, you know, 20 somethings. Mm-hmm. Um, these are, these are young people who understand the contributions that disruptive technologies are making in right. the areas of public health, the economy and so on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're the ones that we need to, to really impress with with our stories and you know much like you know the young the younger folks in the vaping community the 20 somethings in the vaping community these people you know they haven't necessarily been smoking for you know 10 15 20 years Um, for them you know this the the idea that vapor products are saving their lives um is is not necessarily an opinion that all of them hold Mm-hmm. Um, and so even convincing members of the vaping community that the significance of these products is, is a bit difficult. Right. Um, so it really is, it really does fall on those of us who have been smoking or who were smoking for, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years, right. uh, to really keep sharing our stories and, and keep putting it out there just right. how much we've improved. Our right. health has improved by making this decision. Sure. Um, so, um, certainly a, a lot of, you know, credit for this is, is due to, um, you know, industry stakeholders, the trade associations that have been doing this, uh, doing the, the, the ad, their advocacy efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't want, 
uh, I don't want our membership, um, the, the consumers' voices, to get lost in this conversation. No. Um, and and I will refer you back to my tweet response to Nita Lowy um, that you know we we have worked over the years to make sure that the consumer perspective is represented. Obviously, yes, in in. Uh, it, at, you know, it, at the agents, the federal agency regulatory level, right. obviously, yes, in front of lawmakers, but also within the various trade groups that mm-hmm. are working on this issue. Um, certainly, their focus is on the interest of their members, but um, consumers ultimately are the primary stakeholder in this conversation. It, it's our it's our health that that uh that is being affected by these policies so um keeping that front and center is is very important and i encourage everybody to continue communicating with with lawmakers and their staff Mm -hmm. um, about how these products have helped you sure and while you're doing that copy and paste what you send to your lawmaker and if you haven't already submit it to the casa testimonial website because that's important as well. Yes. Yeah, we're we're past the eleven thousand point on that, and yeah. uh, and and we certainly welcome more. Yes, absolutely. The more, the better. <laughs> yep. So, um, I believe that's all I have for this week. All right. Which Thank is quite you. a lot, but uh, okay. yeah, what? hopefully, 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 more good news next week. Who knows? It's August. Well, so. Yeah, it might be great news. So thank you so much for everything you do for us, Alex. Um, We will see you next week. I'm thinking it's probably going to be a Tuesday night show. Cool. Next week, like night, night, like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. If that works for you. Um, I believe it does. Later in the evening, it's good. Okay then we will see you next Tuesday. Outstanding. Have a great night. Um, Have a great day. Um, Get Australia all taken care of and uh, have a good rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Uh, You can get CASA's updates by going to CASA.org and searching for the RSS feed for the CASA podcast update. And you will find them in reverse descending order. You can get CASA's updates by going to SoundCloud and searching for CASA Media. You can get CASA's updates by going to the Apple iTunes uh, podcast store and searching for CASA Media. You can import those feeds into any one of your favorite podcast handlers, and they will always let you know when a new update is up, so you will always know what we are doing. Thank you for listening.